Health, Hope, and Inspiration is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Effective cancer treatment, in addition to evidence-based medicine and technology, is provided by people who are called to care, and we'll meet one of them today here on Health, Hope, and Inspiration with Rev. Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Do you agree with that, Percy? I absolutely agree with that. And for the faith audience, our community, we constantly talk about servant leadership. The point of leadership is to serve in the capacity of that and empower others to do so. And in order to do that, you must care about what you're doing passionately. I'm a baseball fan. And, uh, you know, sometimes we talk about inside baseball. You kind of go inside the game and talk about all the little things. We're going to go inside today and talk with someone who leads uh, an effort in cancer care and really cares. Absolutely. We're going to go behind the scenes. We're going to pull the veil back, if you will, and take a look at what happens off of the floor and and inside of the mindset of a leader who's empowering uh, members and a team to go out and function on a high level. We always look to scripture to guide these conversations. What do you have in mind here today? Oh, I have a doozy today. The <laughs> spiritual nugget that, that I want to get to that's going to set the atmosphere and the stage for this is Ephesians, the fourth chapter, verses 11 and 12. And it says this, and he, being God, gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers talking about the leadership of of the local body or a local church community. Why did God give us uh, those types of leaders? Verse number 12, it tells us for the perfecting or some translations, the edifying or the building up of the saints. Why does God want the saints to be built up or edified or perfected so that they can go do the work of the ministry? Ministry means to serve or to give for the edifying of the body. Today, we're going to talk about what is an effective servant leader that empowers others to go out and do the work of ministry. Today, After a break in a moment, we're going to talk with Denise Gruder. Now, Denise is a friend of yours. I know Denise very well. She's a very sophisticated and committed administrator who has a commitment and a passion to serving people. And in addition to serving people, she wants the best of care that can be provided on behalf uh, of an organization that exudes the love and the faith and the hope of God to believe and expect that it is possible for good things to happen. I look forward to introducing our listeners to Denise here in just a moment on this week's program, Health, Hope and Inspiration. Hey, we have a website and it's available 24-7. As a matter of fact, if you ever miss a broadcast and want to go back and listen to this or any other program that we've done in this series, go online to healthhopeandinspiration.com. Just run those four words together, health, hope, and inspiration. So it's healthhopeandinspiration.com, and we'll be back after this break here with this week's program. Stay with us. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease. Evidence-based therapies like nutrition, naturopathic medicine, and pastoral care to maintain strength and quality of life. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. 
call 855-929-HOPE to speak to an oncology information specialist about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use leading-edge technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Call 855-929-HOPE to learn more. Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Care that never quits. Just before we meet our guest, remember, no case is typical. You should not expect to experience these same results. You're listening to Health, Hope, and Inspiration with Reverend Percy McRae. And Percy, tell us who's with us now. Well, with me today is Denise Gruder, and she is our guest. Denise uh, comes to us with a wealth of knowledge and inspiration. Uh, she's the vice president of patient care services at the Cancer Treatment Centers of America. And she's been working with the cancer community about 13 years. And so we're going to hear from Denise today to help us understand the role uh, in this regard from an administrative perspective of cancer support. Thank you for being with us today, Denise. You're welcome. It's a pleasure. In looking at and talking about what you do specifically, you know, people hear the word vice president. That sounds very daunting and Talk to me about the role of what you do as vice president of patient care services and what are some of those particular patient care services that you work with? So I started my career as a nurse. Okay. And I'm still a nurse. (laughs) As a matter of fact, to have my job, you have to be a nurse. Okay, which is good. (laughs) But I moved fairly early in my career into nursing administration. And as I've seen nursing administration over the years, what I have always described nursing administration as being is you set the environment for care to be delivered. Oh, I like that. So as a nursing administrator, I moved from dealing with patients on a one-on-one basis to really, as I said, setting that environment for care to be delivered in. So the work that I do allows for structures and processes and departments to come together around the care of the patient. Okay. Many times I refer to my role as nursing the nurses. Okay, which is a really important role. Or nursing the clinicians that actually take care of the patients. In order to do that, an important role in administration is for you to knock down barriers for care to be delivered. Okay. Because as you know, oftentimes when you're working across departmental lines, and this is not just a hospital issue, Mm -hmm. this can be in any industry, but you have departments that this is their role, this is their function. And so many times you'll say, you'll get into the situation of, well, that's so-and-so's job or that's that department's job. And so in administration, part of my role is to make sure that we keep our focus on the patient and not on, well, that's, that's not my job. And I would imagine that what patients want to know and believe and hear that wherever they're receiving treatment, that the entire operation and execution of that is focused around their care and their needs to have someone setting the environment for that care to be executed and, and, and committed to that is a huge responsibility. What motivated you to enter into nursing administration to help set the environment for that care to be carried out? Well, early in my life, in my career, um, somebody saw in me the ability to lead. I didn't have it myself. I didn't see it myself. Okay. But somebody saw it in me. Sure. 
And as I began to assume a management role, and I did that very early in my career. I was 24 years old the first time I became a manager. So that was just three years ago, right? Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) I even had a physician refer to me as wet behind the ears. Mm, (laughs) mm. um, And I had great mentors in those leadership roles. Mentoring is so important. Sure it is. Um, They teach you. They guide you. And so they mentored in me that those leadership abilities, which I believe are innate to me in some aspect, but I also believe that they're God-given. Okay. I believe that leadership is a calling and that I have the God-given abilities to be a leader. Now, what's interesting, um, many of uh, the clinicians uh, that I've interviewed on the show speak about or make reference to their work, their discipline, as a calling. It's interesting to me how many people associate that school of thought with uh, the, the, the type of profession that they've chosen. What leads you to believe? What makes your work a calling for you? How do you associate that? How do you correlate that? The fact that I felt drawn to nursing fairly early in my high school career um, and I, I don't know how to describe it any other way than, than I felt drawn to it. Okay. Um, most nurses will tell you that they go into nursing to help people. Sure. Which absolutely, and most clinicians do. Sure. But that, that drawing that was an inner sense. The more intrinsic. Yeah. That, that I want to be a part of this. I want to be a part of that healing journey that patients are on. And when we use the word healing, we want to be very clear that we're talking about the process of, of, of wellness and recovery uh, that manifests itself in many different ways and, and certainly with the uh, adjunct of good clinical care. Absolutely. The, the healing process includes the absolute best of medicine. Okay. Then there's also integrated services that are very important to the healing process of people, whether that be their spiritual being, whether that be their social being, their family dynamics, their um, psychological wellness. It's all part of that healing process and that healing journey. So let's talk about then, because with that picture that you've just painted and that amalgamation and understanding that integration of of many different elements that make us who we are, that are necessary for our, our well-being and the possibility of traveling the road of wellness and health and healing in that context. Uh, what are some of the specific clinical areas that you've had? I would imagine the pleasure and the blessing of being able to provide leadership for in a clinical environment. Beginning with my education in nursing, my whole focus has always been on a very holistic approach. Okay. And then that holistic approach, I've been able to work through departments, not just nursing, but work very closely with physicians. Okay. Physicians, of course, are they're, they're healers. They use medicine. They use technology to heal. But there's also important um, components of the healthcare process that includes people like counselors. Okay. Psychologists. Um, you might hear people refer to it as mind-body medicine. I've heard that term. Where you really incorporate the psychosocial aspect of that person. Because I have seen over and over again, particularly in the cancer patient, when you have a patient who is fighting with everything that they have sure, in their being sure. against a physical disease, mm-hmm. 
it impacts their mind. It does. It impacts their relationships with their family. And if in my career I've been able to work with departments and and bring integrated services together where you've got the physician working with the nursing staff, with a counselor or a therapist, sometimes um, a pastoral care provider, perhaps it's a community pastoral care provider, where you're coming together and you're saying, okay, this person has cancer and it's impacting their body in this way. Yes. But look at what's going on with their family. And so this is where you made mention earlier of being able to tear down barriers and walls that may impede the ability for for all of that great uh, integration of talent and disciplines to cross uh, work and discuss and, and work on behalf of the patient, making sure that, that there's a clear path for them to communicate and function with systems. So that's really an important element of that I don't think that a lot of people understand internally of a healthcare organization. Someone has to help manage and provide leadership for all of those talents to integrate with each other. Right. And one of the functions I've been able to participate in is just bringing a team of those providers together and talking about the patients, talking about as a team, as a healthcare team, you bring the nutritionist together, you bring the pharmacist together, you bring the doctor, the nurse that's taking care of the patient. And you talk about, okay, this is what I'm seeing with Percy today. What's the biggest need that Percy has today? Is it, is it pain control? Is it nausea? Is it a broken relationship with his son that they sure. really need to be working on because that's causing a lot of stress in, that, in, in Percy? And so we need to see, is there anything that we can do to help Percy work on that relationship with his son so that he can be at peace? So cancer patients don't just have cancer. They have other issues, challenges, stressors that if no one is addressing, or first of all, if no one is even looking or paying attention to that, then addressing or providing support for, how difficult then is it to become a cancer patient and to be successful in the path of treating cancer? Well, cancer is a life-threatening disease. As soon as someone hears the word cancer, the big C, if you will, absolutely, you know the first thing that's going to go through their mind is, Am I going to die? Absolutely. What, what's, what's, my, what's the rest of my life sure, look like? Sure. And so I don't believe that anybody faces a life-threatening illness and only thinks, oh, my gosh, what's it going to do to my body? Uh, it, it impacts. You immediately think about what's going to happen to my family. Yes. What's going to happen to the people that I'm close to? And then everybody faces the issue of what about, what about the spiritual aspect of sure, my being? Sure, sure. And so to be able to bring all of those disciplines together is so important, not, not just to the cancer patient. I believe to every patient. But the cancer patient, I think it's particularly important because of that life-threatening, oh, my goodness, is this the end for me? Having said that, then, it sounds to me, for you personally, being uh, led and inspired at an, at an early age to kind of enter into this field, Understanding and feeling that this is a type of calling which has a a more divine, intrinsic motivation beyond a rate of pay, a title, etc., that you have been extremely fulfilled in being able to facilitate that type of leadership of services on behalf of patients and their caregivers. Absolutely. It is a privilege to work with oncology patients. 
early in my career, I did not have any oncology experience. Okay. And in the last 13 years, I've been able to work with and learn and understand oncology. Until I came to work with oncology patients, I thought oncology would be very sad and very depressing. Sure. But it's not. It's so rewarding because you see people, when, when you're able to bring that integration of a model or those services to the patient, you see people um, achieve milestones in their life that they never thought they would achieve. And that has to be so rewarding. It is. So again, at the end of the day, being adaptable to who, what, and where the patient is and loving them where they are. It sounds like you have done and are doing a fantastic job from a leadership perspective and on today. I want to salute you and thank you for the work that you do with cancer patients everywhere. God bless you. Thank you. It's a privilege. God bless you. You'll find this program online at healthhopeandinspiration.com, and we'll be back in just a moment. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease. Evidence-based therapies like nutrition, naturopathic medicine, and pastoral care to maintain strength and quality of life. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use leading-edge technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Care that never quits. I'm Wayne Shepard with Percy McRae. So good to have you with us. I'm thinking about that conversation Percy had with Denise Gruder just a moment ago. What a delightful lady who, who's, as she said, she's called to what she does. I was very impressed. Well, you know, it's, it's consistent with, with almost everyone that we talk to on the show who who views their vocation and their invocation as the same of a calling. And, of course, a calling has everything to do with divine inspiration and motivation that extends itself beyond, again, rate of pay, a title, yeah. that there is something much more divinely, purposefully driven with that. And that's, that was communicated very loudly. It gives me so much more confidence to know that people like that are people who are providing cancer care. It does, because, again, it's it, it, it theoretically separates the idea of someone just showing up, going through the motions versus someone ve- being committed by a real purpose-driven activity. And we want people to be treated by individuals who feel that type of commitment to what is happening to them in their care. Yeah. Well, Denise is a true leader, and she talked about the environment and how important it is to, to make sure the environment is, is positive and, and productive for everyone involved. Yeah, she feels that her role as a vice president and as an administrator is to set the environment 
for care to be delivered. I love the ownership and and a sense of stewardship of I'm here to set the environment. That's very different. You don't hear very many people talk about uh, the difference between being a thermostat versus being a thermometer. (laughs) There's a difference between the two instruments at the end of the day. A thermostat sets the temperature. Mm -hmm. A thermometer reacts to the temperature. Good or bad. Good or bad. So she's talking about setting an environment and allowing that environment to work on the best interest of every patient. It's got to be a joy to work with a boss like that. Well, I tell you, it certainly has to be refreshing because, again, uh, you realize, again, what her motivation is and what is driving her down that path. She talked about knocking down barriers to remove barriers that will not allow people to fundamentally execute what their role in their job is. That's got to be a refreshing and renewed school of thought to work with and for someone in that capacity. But again, think about the benefit on the back end of that for the recipient that receives the end product that comes from that type of school of thought. Yeah, I kind of chuckle when she said she nurses the nurses. <laughs> it, again, you know, the, such great sound bites, uh, nursing the nurses, nursing the clinicians, because we don't think of the nurse or the clinician who needs to be nursed, yeah. supported, or empowered. That's hey, the word. People. They're, they're people. I think we talked about that in one of our uh, earlier segments. We need to see clinicians and medical experts as people. They are real people at the end of the day. What I heard very profoundly from her is the role and the power of being a servant leader. When we hear the term vice president, administrator, I don't think that we correlate that with being a servant leader. And from a faith-based perspective, we know that the example that was set by all of the great spiritual leaders, you know, was that they were servants in their role of leadership. Leadership is not about lording over or controlling, but empowering others to be all that they can be in the capacity of the impact of that leadership. Perhaps the most important thing I learned from Denise was just her love of doing what she does. I'm sure that you would agree. One who loves the work that they do bring a very different energy, absolutely, a very different commitment and a very different passion to that execution that will translate and transition into an experience that you can't manufacture and make up at the end of the day. Yeah, the bottom line is it's not about us. No, no, it's not about us. And when we understand that, and and in our current culture, you know, with uh, Facebook and and social network and selfies, you know, it's all about us, right? Well, we, we have an individual who is helping us to understand this is nothing about me. This is about the people and the process that I'm empowered to nurture and to support. Yeah, and let's transfer the principles, the precepts that Denise taught us into our own life. You know, we can be that. It doesn't we don't have to be a hospital administrator. No, everywhere that we go, if we can embrace the idea that, quite frankly, it really isn't about us, it's about the environment that we live in, it's about the community that we live in, it's about the family that we have, uh, we're connected to, whatever the larger context of one's uh, sphere of influence and environmental setting, when we begin to translate and internalize that school of thought, our world ultimately becomes a better uh, place because we're creating a very different product of of experience that impacts others other than ourselves. We heard our guest say today that she thought maybe working with oncology patients would be depressing. 
just the opposite is true for her. Yeah, well, you know, I've heard the same thing. I, I travel a lot, as you know, Wayne. I'm on and off a plane pretty frequently, and when people ask me what I do for a living and I tell them that I work with cancer patients, the first response that I hear is, that's got to be a really hard job, and it's got to be really difficult and depressing. And the fact of the matter is, if your job, if you view it as a calling, which is what Denise said, she felt like leadership was a calling. If you feel like that and believe that you love what you do, and that you're empowering others to be all that they can be. It changes the dynamic of what, how you interpret uh, your work, even if it's difficult and challenging, as not necessarily being depressing and sad. So that's who this person is, and that's what she shared with us. Again, answering a call, responding to a call, being a person that is doing something based upon a, something bigger and higher than yourself, calling you into that just changes your energy and your dynamics of how you approach that on a daily basis. In closing, our spiritual nugget for the day is Ephesians 4, 11 and 12. We open with this and it says, and he, he being God in this context, gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers talking about leadership. Why did God give leadership? Why did God provide leadership for, for, for the point, verse 12, for the perfecting or the developing or the maturing of the saints? for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body. Today, we know that the purpose of good leadership is to empower others to go out and serve and be all that they can be. And we are grateful to have Denise help us understand the role of servant leadership. A great lesson today. Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Percy, thank you. I want our listeners to know about our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com and our toll-free number for cancer treatment options available to you, 855-929-HOPE, 855-929-4673. Thanks for listening to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Hope and Inspiration is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease. Evidence-based therapies like nutrition, naturopathic medicine, and pastoral care to maintain strength and quality of life. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Call 855-929-HOPE to speak to an oncology information specialist about questions you may have about your treatment options. Or visit healthhopeandinspiration.com. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use leading-edge technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. To learn more, call 855-929-HOPE or visit healthhopeandinspiration.com. Cancer Treatment Centers of America, care that never quits.